Welcome back to Dear Amber, Chinese Pod's insider's guide to everything China. Today we talk a bit about the mysteries of feng shui, and we hear a few more tales about working as a foreigner in China. And we have a great and often pondered question about face masks. Plus, we have a special new segment on how to say something in Chinese that you won't learn anywhere else. This question comes from Jill. Jill writes to Dear Amber, "Can you explain what feng shui is and how it came about?" Mm. Now, feng shui. I've invited Jenny here to talk about. Is Hello. This, yeah, feng shui. Is, it's from China, right, Jenny?、Mm. Yeah, it's a very ancient Chinese art and a body, a very sophisticated body of knowledge. It's based on the old Taoist vision and understanding of nature. Thus, the name feng shui. Feng、oh. means wind, which、uh, has always been. Associated with good harvest and good health, and shui、uh, connected to good fortune and livelihood. Thus, good feng shui means you can have all of those blessings in life. So it has to do with Taoism, is that right?、Mm, so、yes. is it kind of religious based a little bit, or、uh, what is Taoism? Is it a religion that worships nature? Is that why it would be? Yeah, it's、oh. a religion and also a school of thought,、oh. understanding of nature. So, like,、mm. how many thousands of years do you think feng shui goes back? Do you know?、Uh, I did a bit of research、Whoa. and <laughs> it went back all the way to about three thousand years ago. Wow, that's amazing!、Mm. So I bet、yes. feng shui must have changed a lot from then till now to the feng shui that people in the West know. Like I think most people in the West, when they think of feng shui, maybe Jill's the same. You know, we kind of、it、like that cool yeah, aesthetic Zen. neo Zenish vibe. Yeah,、right? but actually, people I've met a lot of people in Taiwan. I don't know about China.、Mm. Maybe you can tell us, Jenny, but they take it quite seriously, like in their、mm. homes. Yes, in China too.、Mm. I would say in the south, people tend to have an even stronger belief in feng shui,、really? and I've noticed a lot of business people. Mm. They really believe in feng shui because the entire principle of feng shui is by arranging、uh, your relationship with nature or the environment you live in, you can change your fortune or you can at least improve your fortune. So good feng shui brings you. The blessings and good fortune in life, whereas bad feng shui can really break you. Yeah,、so、it's a make or break thing. Can you give some examples of different like feng shui principles? Like,、um, mm. maybe some people don't know. Like, I remember one thing in Taiwan was people would put a mirror. Um, at the door, so it's、yeah. facing the door. Why is that? Do you know? Some people say it's to、uh, reflect bad luck. Okay, back. Like outside,、mm, so some some principles of feng shui are a little bit、um, maybe they have to do with superstition.、Mm. Maybe over time, superstitions has de- have developed, right? Yeah, people's own interpretations. Yeah, and what else is like? Is it things about placing the furniture, or、mm. what exactly is it? Placing positioning is key to feng shui, and we have to talk about ba gua. You know the 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 diagram. Uh huh. There's a diagram. Yeah, the diagram. It's basically a compass、oh. that helps you to find out which areas of your space are connected to specific areas in your life. Wow, it sounds so complicated. How do people like? Do they determine for themselves? Is there books, or are there like、It's、experts or something? Books, books.、Mm. Uh, principals and experts, feng shui masters. Oh, like you can hire help someone. You, yeah, yeah, yeah.、Ah. To position where you live and、uh, how to arrange your furniture. 
So do you think like even people's homes, they have this feng shui principle, some people, mm. does it affect like daily life in China at all? Like, do you think like city planning or streets, do they take that into account as well? Oh, like I don't shui? know about them, but I do know many property developers before mm. they uh, purchase a piece of land and before construction, they will hire a feng shui master oh, really? to look at the place first where they sell. Oh, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm thinking those um, xiao chu, like the apartment yes. complexes, maybe they sort of position the buildings certain yeah. way. We often have people tell us things like, I gave learning Mandarin a shot, but then I realized I really don't have enough time to commit to it. Folks who felt this way love Chinese pod recap. In as little as 90 seconds a day, you can refresh what you've learned so far while adding a bit of what's new to your daily learning. An innovative language learning tool to fit the busy, fast-paced lifestyle of today's professionals. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So our lives are all affected by feng shui yeah. inadvertently. Whether we know it or not. Yes. <laughs> so one thing I was thinking is, I wonder how it is or when it was that feng shui came to the West. Because, mm. it, you know, a few years back, it was really popular. What do you think, Jenny? Like, what, what do you think made it appeal to people in the West? I think it's more a lifestyle movement. Yeah, I think so yeah, too. And aesthetics. Yeah, because Western people, I mean, they're really into furnishing their houses. Yeah. Right? And I was reading something earlier on Feng Shui that said um, some of the principles also are like having a really comfortable bedroom and nice lighting and that mm. sort of stuff too, right? Because essentially it's about finding harmony uh, between human beings and the environment. Yeah, I think that's probably what the West liked about it. And probably the influx of Chinese immigrants to mm. the West also, like it was something very interesting and new to us, yes. right? And also the real practical benefits of feng shui. Uh, a lot of the principles, you know, clearing out clutter, oh, that's uh, right. having open space, having clean air, they make you feel better. Yeah. So even if maybe like you don't believe in sort of uh, the spiritual side of it, even you, just aesthetically, it's yeah. kind of pleasing to your eye to not have like yeah, a cluttered, so messy house. <laughs> exactly. The outcome it, it yeah. does for you mentally. It's yeah. good. Mm. And how about you, Jenny? Do you believe in feng shui? Uh, not really. Yeah. No. But you believe but in no clutter. Maybe my xiao chu, my apartment. <laughs> hey, you know what I was? It's with? feng shui. Was feng shui. So feng shui friendly. <laughs> yes. Hey, I was wondering what I w- was thinking about this question. I was looking around the Chinese pot office. Do you think? It has feng shui. Is it like Not compatible? At all. Oh, really? Okay, so what's wrong with it? There are cables everywhere. Oh, you can't have cables. And also, I think the door Flutter. faces the windows. <laughs> and the, so, that's like, I think there's something about that too, uh, we right? We need to feng shui the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, maybe we have to think about that. <laughs> well, I think it's getting torn down next year, anyways, right? So, oh. <laughs> maybe <sad>. that's why. <laughs> okay. okay, so thanks, Jenny, for talking about feng shui with us. Mm. And everybody, the good news is that we actually have an advanced lesson on feng shui. So you can go and learn more about feng shui on ChinesePod.com. Okay, our next question comes from Jack in D.C. He writes, Dear Amber, what's it like working in China? Again, I have two experts here. Thank goodness, Galen and Robert, back. Howdy. Thanks, guys. We should change our names. <laughs> <laughs> Put a sock over the microphone and disguise your voice. Yeah, you should have changed your names, thinking about all the other things you guys have admitted on Dear Amber. Yeah. But, okay, so you guys are both kind of like different different um, professions that you've worked in in China, right? How about, Galen, you first, like, what have you done in China? What's your job? Well, 
uh, first time in China, I did an internship in Motorola at the semiconductor plant. And so like a big multinational company. Big multinational company um, up in Tianjin, right mm -hmm. near Beijing. And so I've worked and learned a lot about semiconductor stuff. My current work now, I got lucky. I found a got a, into a uh, joint venture, a startup joint venture between a an American private equity group with the Jinjiang Jihuan, the big Jinjiang group here in Shanghai, or Anyway, so the only white face foreigner in the company, um, and all my bosses are Chinese. Uh, so did you have to use your Chinese at work? Only yeah, and that was in Chinese. actually to get the job, I had to do my interview. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, do <laughs> foreigners have to speak Chinese, do you think, to get a job like that in China? Um, my job, yes, because I had my interview over the phone, but at that time, I mean, my Chinese was at a level where I didn't, like, totally forget it, but I had... Um, I was definitely rusty, and it had been a long time since I'd used it. So I came to Shanghai, and everything's in Chinese. Our HR, all the email correspondence within the company is all in Chinese characters, and all the meetings. Wow, it's a crash course. Um, it really... So it's good to know you can learn on the job as well. Like maybe uh, They won't expect you to have like perfect Chinese, absolutely. but as long as you can communicate. Yeah, but you know, it was, but it was crazy because I, we would also have to have like meetings, you know, where I would have to report in wow. Chinese on what, you know, what I'm doing, you know, what business, what sales, what whatever I was in charge of that time at that time. So that really that's another thing, you know, like, like, <laughs> so uh, I had to read a lot of contracts in Chinese and I had because I was the real true native English, only true native English speaker in the whole company. I did a lot of translation also. Uh. So I even did a, a, the English recording. You could call like on the, you know, oh, thank you for calling. We're, you know, yeah, because they always, uh, they always get you to do that one. You know, yeah, they got to. <laughs> you know. Multi-talented. Yeah. Right. So. so speaking of contracts, that kind of brings me to Robert. OK, is it only your mom call you Robert? Because like I just go by your name online. But but maybe you're Rob. Robert K. Okay, no, Rob. my mom calls me Robbie. Oh, Everybody okay, Robbie. From... Robbie, tell us what was Robbie your job? Williams. <laughs> Robbie Williams. What was your job in China? Speaking of contracts, you know what? I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed to admit it, but I was an English teacher for two weeks. I lasted two weeks. Wow. That's why. That's why. Don't it, be embarrassed. So you the whole time in China, you only worked for two weeks. Is that what yeah, you're saying well, to us? Yeah. Well, my my monthly my monthly expenditure <laughs> was uh, <laughs> my monthly expenditure was two hundred bucks a month, and that was like well, I that's think, inspiring I think for the, people. To the know. average income in the town I live was like fifty bucks a month. It was I mean oh, it was a rich. cheap place. So yeah, um, I wanted to study. I literally studied from sun up to sundown every day. But when that's I taught good. English, you don't distracted by work. When I was teaching English, so teaching English in China to everybody out there, I'm sending you a warning. It sucks. I think this sucks. is important. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Tell me, did you get the job? Hard. <laughs> ah, did you get the job before you came? This is what I want to know. No. Oh, you got it after? Because yeah. I find a lot of people run into problems when they get a job online and they come here and it's not at all Don't what they said it was. Don't do it. Yeah. You, so I was told. So over time, just all these little things that I should have been more careful about, but. The classes were structured, so if I work, I can't just come in at 8 and work to 12 and then work 4 hours, get paid for 4 hours. Like, the classes were like 45, 50 minutes, and then there'd be a 10-minute break, and then I'd have another class for 45, 50 minutes, and I didn't get paid for 2 hours. I'd get paid for like an hour and a half because there's 45 minutes, and then oh, I don't get paid bad. for the 15-minute break, and that... In my mind, is crap. And then, so I do like an hour, and it was just interspread throughout the day. So I'll get to work at eight in the morning, and you're not done till five at night, and you've only worked four hours because there's all these breaks in between. And 
It's just crap. So it sounds like they'll say on the contract you get paid so much per hour, and you're thinking you're working all these hours. The problem was I didn't see the the contract Uh, before. I just like I just went in like dressed up all suave into the office, and you know there's not too many suave looking (laughs) walk-ins in that part of that part of the world. So this I read the contract after like I had already gone and made my visa run. And I was like, this is absolute crap. Like, I wouldn't have done this signed up if I didn't, you know, if I knew it was going to be like this. Was it a one-year contract? I saw the contract, and then, but I had a one-year visa. And so as soon as I got the visa, I quit because I was like, I'm just not going to put up with this garbage. And it was also, it was some some foreign um, woman running it. It wasn't Chinese I was dealing with, but um, she was out of the country at the time. And uh, and so like I just got in huge fights with the Chinese, and they told me they were going to call the cops if I didn't leave their premises for... Learning Chinese is a little overwhelming. Sometimes it even feels like I forget more than I learn. Not sure how that's possible. Hmm. Maybe I need to take more ginkgo biloba? Yeah, probably. But have you heard of ChinesePod? They have an amazing new tool called the Recap app. You can choose 90 second, 3 minute, or 6 minute lesson recaps. Whatever fits your schedule. The app even populates itself with the reviews of the lessons you've most recently studied. Cool. Maybe I don't need to get my head checked. Maybe. ChinesePod.com forward slash recap. I actually, I, I was so pissed off at them. I spent like, I didn't have very much money at the time. And I ran all the way to, to Hong Kong to get a visa. or what, I was just really, really angry. So I was like waiting outside. Like I tried, basically ended up taking half the students from the school and uh, teaching them in the park. And uh, for the summer, so like, so I, you stole half the students of this from from that age group, and that yeah. was really really bad of me. But I was so angry, like that was. Now I'm a much more nicer guy. I'm a little more relaxed. But like, <laughs> right. but like, they really screwed me. So I was like, I'm gonna get them back because so many times you're helpless in China. But this is the one time. How I, did you get the students to go with you? Well, they all really really liked me because I gave them really like, really good the lessons. At Twelve o'clock. Um, all the other teachers in the town were old and just like just not, and they didn't speak any Chinese. And so this the kids just really had a good time I think with me and I did my best to, to give them a good time and so good. Um, I got all their email addresses and phone numbers like secretly on the last class before I knew I was going to quit and then I just quit and I uh, told all the students right at the end in the school and <laughs> well this is good though I mean I'm least... surprised I didn't get knocked off yeah over like the there. ninjas would come knock you off but it's pretty good to know that like maybe the contracts when they're bad they are flexible because they didn't cancel your visa is that they right? they can't can't I checked everything oh, out can't. so I had a lot of Chinese so friends my teachers out. everybody there, yeah. I, I had like a lot of a lot of Chinese friends backing me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have dared to screw around with with the company backed by Chinese people, even though I was dealing with Westerners. And uh, they went to the gov. I mean, some of my friends were government officials, and so uh, my Ai's husband. And so they all like checked, and they said there's no, there's nothing they can do to you. All about Guanxi, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we've heard two stories. <laughs> two stories on working in China. Everybody else can go to the comment section, dear ever, and leave some of their experiences. It'd be good to hear everyone else's. Hope that helps Jack hear about. English. English teaching and what is that? A startup company? Yeah. Let me start one more thing. Can oh, I add yes. one more thing? Stuff. Robert doesn't want to get off the mic. I want to say one more thing. <laughs> teaching Chinese kids when you're not, it's so cute that you call me that. <laughs> teaching Chinese kids outside of like a crappy contract situation is great. They're some of the funnest, just coolest, um, just new and honest and naive. And it's just this great awesome. little mixture of characteristics that I think you don't see as much in so the West. So your advice is that you said teaching English in China is crap, but if you steal students and teach in the park, it's it's great. Basically. Right on. <laughs> exactly. I guess you hit the nail exactly. on the head. 
This question comes from Clay. Clay asks, "Dear Amber, why do so many people outside in China wear those surgical masks?" Why the masks? hell do they wear those masks? <laughs> yes, it came from Clay himself, and he's here to answer the question himself. I'm very baffled by this. Yeah, well, the weather has turned cold in Shanghai, and we did notice there is a plethora of surgical masks. I mean, it's Big not word. limited to surgical masks, like you know, doctors' masks. There's also, I mean, lately I've noticed there's a lot of Winnie the Pooh's pretty popular. Mm. Some of them are made of fabric. Sometimes people they're seem to homemade. just yeah, they're homemade. Some, there's homemade masks. There's doctor's masks. But they're not just surgical. I mean, the only way I can describe it would be a surgical mask. But obviously, they're not performing surgery. Yeah, they all wear them. Not all. I mean, you see it a lot. Yeah, and I think like our first reaction when we do see the surgical mask, we're like, man, like kind of like, thinking stay the guy, away yeah, like <laughs> got like disease, like yeah. TB or something. But then later, upon talking to some of the locals. I realized that wasn't the reason people are wearing it, and probably the people that do have TV and should be wearing it aren't. <laughs> But even if they did, they're again they're homemade and they only it's it's not overly hygienic. I mean, it's not blocking、uh, anything. The sides are open. Yeah, people are touching it, and they look quite dirty sometimes、I、as well. I think it's quite funny. So,、personally. really, why do Chinese people wear those? Why do they wear them? Why are they so? Dear Amber, why do they wear those things? Well, I've asked around and. First reason actually has to do with the Chinese fear of cold wind.、Um, Connie told us that often people wear it so that the wind will not sort of like blow in their cold face. Cold will kill you. I mean, of course,、you. none of us like. Don't we have a lesson on that? Yeah, we do. An intermediate <laughs> lesson on that, which kind of elaborates on other aspects of the fear of cold. It will kill you. I mean, you. I'm also I also fear cold. So, I mean, I don't blame them, but I oh I also think a no, scarf. No, you don't. You I thought you said you、uh, you walk outside with your wet hair and people freak out. That's true. I fear it in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I fear cold feet in bed, but. Anyways,、um, I'm thinking personally. Okay, like a scarf is much more comfortable. I have worn a coat jiao before. By the way, everyone, we're going to teach no, you, you how you、not. say it in Chinese. To say wear a surgical mask or a mask is called dai, which is dai is to wear it on your face. Yeah. And coat jiao. Wait, let me let's back up. When did you wear a, a <laughs> surgical mask? I that's I why I refuse to call it just a mask. I am the、mask. expert on this topic, sort of, because I was in Taiwan during the peak of SARS. Okay. A few years ago, and not that I was a paranoid freak thinking I need to wear that mask or that that mask would protect me. But did you know at that time in Taiwan, if you wanted to take the subway, I was going to school every day. It was a requirement that you had to wear. Was it really? Like you actually had to wear it. Yes, they、government? wouldn't let. Yeah, they wouldn't let you in、That's、the subway. But I mean, it was kind of funny. I mean, it was more. I think of a sort of like a. Mental piece sort of thing because I mean people are like adjusting them like they take the mask off to cough like <laughs> I've seen that and like the Winnie the Pooh masks are not really stopping any germs right so is yours like an actual like doctor issued surgical mask or was it, like a sock with rubber it bands was on it? and I mean it was it was sort of April May at that time which is not the hottest time in Taiwan but it's pretty hot and humid and I can tell you there is nothing worse than like your hot air breath breathing out into hot humid face. Sweaty surgical mask. It was awful. So let's bring us to winter time. They wear them. What's the deal? Okay, so there's the cold, just to keep their face warm, basically. That's one reason. Another reason, like a windshield. Yeah, kind of like a windshield. An ugly windshield. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So you, know, you just hook it around your ears. It's convenient. Okay. It's reusable. So that's an actual reason. Yeah. Okay. And Connie also said that in Beijing, there's on the northern parts of China, there's a lot of sandstorms as well, certain、mm. times of the year. So I mean, really, that、uh-huh, would so help. We just wear bandanas in Texas. We just pull them over. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, like the cowboys! <laughs> hey guys, it's Michael here at Chinese Pod, and we want to say thank you to all of our faithful subscribers. If you're not registered yet, head over to ChinesePod.com now and get twenty percent off.
promo code get 20 at checkout to get 20% off your first year. Yeah. And another thing is, um, our local friends told us it wasn't that prevalent before SARS actually wearing a when coat. Was that yeah. again? It was like a couple years ago, two years ago. Mm, I wasn't actually, in China no, it was more, it was more like three or four okay. years ago. But after that, I guess everyone became a lot more conscious of germs. And Connie said that actually, even now people will wear it when they themselves have the flu so that they don't infect other people. Really? Yeah. I don't know if the Winnie the Pooh will keep out. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, the thought germs. that counts. I guess it is the thought that counts. <laughs> and also, um, it also probably protects people from, you know, other people's germs as well. I mean, there's it, so many people crowded in a subway. If you got the mask, you might have a certain sense of security. Well, I do think it's funny because a lot of, I think a lot of Westerns, when they come over here, I think that's one thing you notice and no one really knows what it was. So this is the Okay. I know another big, big reason, at least in Taiwan, why, why people wore uh, those face masks What's that? was because um, they felt that to keep pollution out, they would like filter the pollution. Hmm. You think that works? But actually, I saw an article and it said that pollution particles are actually way too small. They can <laughs> enter that fabric mask so <laughs> that would come as common knowledge to me i think yeah but i think at least it keeps the dirt off your face are like, they trying yeah you know <laughs> oh and this just in actually i found out that um i've been pronouncing kojao wrong my whole I was, life I, I was gonna say something <laughs> oh ever. you didn't know I you didn't even know the word <laughs> but the real pronunciation is not kojao it's kojao c-h-a-o c-h-a-o yeah, uh, which actually means like the cover yeah so ko is like mouth mouth cover Oh, man. Chinese, you gotta love it. I love it. Uh (laughs) Yeah, so anyways, we just wanted to do this segment because we're used to it now, but we kind of realized, yeah, we remember the feeling the first time we saw it, and we were a bit nervous. What are they doing? Because you see that, again, doctors and guys mowing your yard. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only time (laughs) I've ever seen those. So the code, the code, yeah, actually, it's it's like a universal blanket tool. It can be used to keep out the wind. It can be used to keep out the germs. Well, in your your mind, at least, sand, lawnmower, clipping. Are there any lawns? here, Clay. I never saw anyone wearing one morning lawn. (laughs) But anyways, and yeah, they became more common after SARS. Kind of like a little trendy item around here. Well, thanks for the input, Amber. Yeah. That's been, I've been dying to know those. So today's question about wearing surgical masks kind of inspired a new segment for Dear Amber. Today will be the first segment on how to say something in Chinese that you'll never learn anywhere else. So the question about wearing a face mask called to mind images of hypochondriacs. So I started thinking, how do you say that in Chinese? So we looked it up, consulted the experts, and how you say hypochondriac in Chinese is yi bing zheng. Now, this is an interesting word because the E comes from the character for huayi, which means to doubt or to worry. Then the bing, of course, is the sickness, bing. And finally, zheng is zheng zhuang, the zheng, which is symptom. So really literally, hypochondriac in Chinese means to suspect that you have a sickness. <laughs> so I think it's very, it just shows the logic of Chinese. Very interesting. That's it for this week's Dear Amber, the insider's guide to everything China. Don't forget to send all your questions about China to dearamber at praxislanguage.com. And don't forget to go to the comments section of Dear Amber today found in the Extras tab at Chinese Pod, where you can get more info about today's show and share your own thoughts about what we talked about today. We'll see you next time. Xiaoyi zi